Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode 17 of A Couple of Creeps podcast. I am your hostess with the mostest, Morgan, and I am joined with my favorite co-host, Colin. Say hi, Colin. Howdy. <laughs> you look like you're being possessed by Satan over there. Had his eyeballs rolling back. <laughs> Which is kind of fitting for what we're going to discuss say. this week. But I hope everyone had a great week, and I hope you're excited for my next story. Yes. I'm... Woo, we love you. <laughs> I so there's an applause button over there. I think it's the bottom left. That's your oh yeah, my left, sorry, yeah. Oh. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so I'm kinda sticking with the, the creepy aspect. I mean, yeah, it is I mean the, it is a couple of creeps. Premise, yeah. yeah. I'm but, proud of you for sticking on, yeah, on, yeah. on path there. But so last week was the demon house, and I thought this week we'd talk about the young woman who inspired the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose, mm-hmm. and her name is Condoleezza Rice. Close, Annalise Michael. I yeah, I was in the ballpark there. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit. But it, it's not. It's a sad story. It's a little bit, just because. Just what I need late on a Saturday. <laughs> late on a Saturday, I'm gonna give you. Some of a sad story. Archibald. Get your shit together, dude. <laughs> Golly. He was he's so angry. Oh, God, he's digging again. The pillow is as soft as it'll be. Lay down. But if you're ready to hear about a... What was her name? Annalise Michaels? Annalise Michael. All right, let's do this. All right. Born as Anna Elizabeth Michael on September 21st, 1952 in West Germany to a Roman Catholic family, Michael was raised along with three sisters by her parents, Joseph and Anna. She was religious and attended Mass twice a week. When she was 16, she experienced a severe convulsion and was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. In June 1970, Michael had a third seizure. So she had her first one when she was 16. Mm-hmm. And between that one and this one, she had another one, but not to, it apparently wasn't super bad because there wasn't any true record of it. It was yeah. just, she had her first one and then she had her th- her second one. And then this third one is what really started it. Yeah. Kind of created the. Yeah. So in 1970, Michael had a third seizure at a psychiatric hospital where she had been staying. She was prescribed anti-convulsion drugs for the first time, including Dilantin, which did not elevate the problem alleviate alleviate excuse me which did not alleviate the problem she described seeing devil faces at various times of the day that same month she was prescribed alilept which is similar to chloropazamine and is used in the treatment of various psychosis including schizophrenia disturbed behavior and delusions by 1973 she began experiencing depression and hallucinated while praying and complained about hearing voices telling her that she was damned and would rot in hell. Michael's treatment in a psychiatric hospital did not improve her health and her depression worsened. Long-term treatment also did not help, and she grew increasingly frustrated with her medical care after having taken pharmacological... Pharmacological? After taking pharmacological drugs for five (laughs) years michael became intolerant of christian 
Christian sacred places and objects such as the crucifix. Hmm. Michael visited San Domino with a family friend who regularly organized Christian pilgrimages. Her escort concluded that she was suffering from demonic possession because she was unable to walk past a crucifix and refused to drink the water of a Christian holy spring. Hmm. So they're like, oh boy, she's yeah. got some demons in she's her. She's got some demons in her. So <clears throat> all that's going on. And her father, Ernst Alt. Ernst Alt is his Ernst, name. Yep. Okay. Father Ernst Alt. Oh, not her father's. No, no, this father. is father. Yeah. Yeah. Father okay, Ernst Alt. Excuse me, yeah. father. Yeah. So what I'm about to read is from a interview that he had done when all of this was happening. Happening. <laughs> I like that your example of clarifying was, you know, like, excuse me, father. For I have sinned. <laughs> Not forgive me, father. <laughs> excuse me, father. Pardon me, father. But Pardon I have, me, father, for I have, I have committed sinned. a sinner twice. For I have sinned. So he states, Annalise told me and Frau Hein confirmed this. That she was unable to enter the shrine. She approached it with the greatest hesitation, then said that the soil burned like fire and she simply could not stand it. She then walked around the shrine in a wide arc and tried to approach it from the back. She looked at the people who were kneeling in the area surrounding the little garden and it seemed to her that while praying, they were gnashing their teeth. So that's good. Yeah, it's not usually what you want. Yeah. She got as far as the edge of the little garden, then she had to turn back. Coming from the front again, she had to avert her glance from the picture of Christ, which when she was facing the garden, yeah. there was like a chapel in front of her. Mm -hmm. And right at the back wall, when you enter, was a picture of Christ. She made it several, so she couldn't look at it. Yeah, he was staring her down. Yeah, and she was feeling it. Mm -hmm. She made it several times to the garden, but could not get past it. She also noted that she could no longer look at medals or pictures of saints. They sparkled, they sparkled so immensely that she could not stand it. Hmm. There's just blinding. Yeah. So Michael's family and community became convinced that she was possessed and consulted several priests to request an exorcism. The priests declined and recommended the, con the continuation of medical treatment and informed the family that exorcisms required the bishop's permission. So even most of the churches in that area were like, "Sorry, we can't help sorry, you. We can't she help just needs medical attention. Yeah, we don't. We don't think she's possessed. She just needs psychological help. She, yeah, she needs some medical attention. You might mm -hmm. want to look there." In the Catholic Church, official approval for an exorcism is granted when the subject strictly meets the set criteria and is considered to be suffering from possession and under demonic control. Intense deaths like for religious objects and supernatural powers are some of the first indications. Michael worsened physically and displayed aggression, injured herself, drank her own urine, and ate insects. Yeah, that's not good. Mm -mm. In November 1973, Michael began treatment with Tegretol, an anti-seizure drug and mood stabilizer. She was prescribed antipsychotic drugs during the course of the religious rites and consumed them frequently until sometime before her death. Despite taking these medications, Michael's symptoms worsened, and she began growling, seeing demons, and throwing things. And what time frame are we looking at again? 1973. The 70s, okay. So, Father 
alt declared that Michael didn't look like an epileptic and he did not observe her experiencing seizures. All believed that she was suffering from demonic possession and urged the local bishop to allow an exorcism. In a letter to Alt in 1975, Michael wrote, I am nothing. Everything about me is vanity. What should I do? I have to improve. You pray for me. And also once told him, I want to suffer for other people, but this is so cruel. In September 1975, Bishop Josef Stangall granted Father Arnold Wren's permission to perform an exorcism according to the ritual Romanium, but ordered total secrecy. So she's been dealing with this for two years. Yeah. Before they go, yeah, we're going to go ahead and... Yeah, we're going to go ahead and do this. Exercise these demons. But the fact that it has to be done in total secrecy kind of leads yeah. you to believe that they don't even truly believe that it's demons. Right, yeah, we want to try and keep this off the books. But they're like... Well, you've been bugging us about it right, for yeah. two years. Go ahead, fine, whatever. Right. Just leave me alone, you know, but don't yeah, tell like anybody an, about an, it. An appeasement. So, Father Renz performed the first session on September 24th. Michael began increasingly speaking about dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of the modern church. Her parents stopped consulting doctors at her request and relied solely on the exorcism rites. A total of 67 exorcism sessions, one or two each week, lasting up to four hours each, Jesus. were performed over approximately 10 months in 1975 and 1976. Towards the end of her life, Michael began to refuse food. On July 1st, 1976, Michael died in her home. The autopsy report stated the cause of death as malnutrition and dehydration, resulting from almost a year in a state of near starvation while the rites of exorcism were performed. She weighed 66 pounds, suffered broken knees from continuous, um, like... For her being bound? Yeah, from her being bound and... And the way she's contorting and all that, yeah. And was unable to move without assistance and was reported to have contracted pneumonia. After an investigation, the state prosecutor maintained that Michael's death could have been prevented as late as one week before her death. In 1976, the state charged Michael's parents and priests, Ernst Alt and Arnold Renz, with negligent negligent homicide. Yeah. Negligent (laughs) homicide. I could not get my tongue to work the way I needed it to. The parents were defended by famed Nuremberg Trials defense attorney. Nuremberg Trials. Nuremberg. Do you know what the Nuremberg Trials are? Is that what the German... Yeah, after World War II was over, that's where we tried the, the Nazis. So the defense attorney for the Nazis. Yeah. Eric Schmidt Leinscher. Mm hmm and the priest defense councils were paid by the church. The state recommended that none of the involved parties be jailed. Instead, the recommended sentence for the priest was a fine, while the prosecution concluded that the parents should be exempt from punishment as they had suffered enough. So they all kind of just got to walk away, because I'm sure the priest's fine was paid for by the church, and the parents just get to go. Yeah. The trial began on March 30th, 1978, 
and the district court and drew intense interest. Doctors testified that Michael was not possessed, stating that the manifestations of demonic possession were a psychological effect of her strict religious upbringing, as well as her epilepsy. Dr. Richard Roth, whom Alt had consulted for medical help, allegedly told Michael during the exorcism that there is no injection against the devil, Annalise. Her doctor told her that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And their attorney argued that the exorcism was legal and that the German constitution protected citizens in the unrestricted exercise of their religious beliefs. The defense played tapes recorded at the exorcism session, sometimes featuring what was claimed to be demons arguing, to assert their claim that Michael was possessed. Both priests claimed that the demons identified themselves as Lucifer, Cain, Judas, Belial, <clears throat> Legion, Hitler, and Nero, among others. They also stated that Michael was finally freed of demonic possession resulting from the exorcism just before her death. Yeah, I bet. Uh, Yeah, me too. Bishop Stangall said that he was not aware of Michael's alarming health condition when he approved of the exorcism and did not testify in court. In April 1978, the Michaels and the two priests were convicted of negligent homicide but were given suspended prison sentences and they were ordered to share the cost of the legal proceedings. The sentences have been described as stiffer than those requested by the prosecutor, who had asked that the priest only be fined and that the parents be found guilty but not punished. By approving the ancient exorcism rite, the church drew public and media attention. According to author John M. Duffy, the case was a misidentification of mental illness. Yeah. In a conference several years later, German bishops retracted the claim that she was possessed. After the trials, the Michaels asked the authorities for for permission to exhume the remains of their daughter because she had been buried in undue hurry in a cheap coffin. Almost two years after the burial, on February 25, 1978, her remains were placed in a new oak coffin lined with tin. The official reports state that the body bore signs consistent with deterioration of a corpse at age. So she was right. Yeah, she was out of de- you know. Yeah. The uh, you know the assumed right, yeah. yeah she she decomposed the way she should have. The family and the priests were discouraged from viewing Michael's remains. Father Renz later stated that he had been prevented from entering the mo- the mortuary. Michael's grave site remains a pilgrimage site. The number of officially sanctioned exorcisms decreased in Germany following their ordeal despite Pope Benedict. Oh, I don't know Roman numerals off the top of my head. It's an X, V, and I. I think that's 26. 26. So, despite. Or no, 16. That's 16. Despite Pope Benedict XVI's support for writer use of the practice as compared to that of his predecessor, Pope John Paul II who in 1999 tightened the rules to permit only rare cases of exorcisms. So, on June 6, 2013, a fire engulfed the house where Michael had lived. Although the local police determined that it was a case of arson, some locals attribute the fire to the exorcism case. Right. And that is the sad story of Annalise Michael. That was very sad, so I'm glad you shared that with me. I know. I didn't tell you how sad it was. No. But. Because 
you know, again, I don't, I don't buy into any of that stuff. Yeah. So for me, it's a surefire case of she was severely mentally ill Mm -hmm. and wasn't being taken care of. And basically her, all the people that she trusted to take care of her, her parents and her, her, you know, religious advisors. Right. And her doctor, her doctor even said there's no injection for the devil. Yeah. Right. And so pointed her towards this as your form of, of healthcare, right. Is that you're going to go and be exercised. And she just was tied to a bed and left to starve and dehydrate until she died. Yeah. Which is really sad because now there's so many places where people with mental illnesses and disabilities can get the help and care they need. Right. Whereas, you know, back then, you know, in the seventies, you know, you're possessed. There's something wrong with you. You shouldn't be acting like this. But even the church was kind of embarrassed by it. Yeah. The church didn't truly think she was possessed. I think it was just more of she, this family keeps bothering us. We need to just do it and get it over with. That was really upsetting. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, I, uh, I don't have anything nice to say. (laughs) I know it was a little, little on the sad side this week. I don't know why I was feeling that way. (laughs) Well, I do know, know why I was feeling that way. It was a, it was a, it was a tough week. Yeah. I was feeling down. We have, at my place of work, we have a therapy dog, because I work in the medical field, that comes to work every day, and she's been sick, so we haven't been sure how she's gonna how long she's going to be hanging out with us, and she's been with me every day for six years, so yeah. I have not been handling that well, so that's probably why I was leaning more towards a, <laughs> more towards a sad story. A sad story, so I do apologize if... When you get up Sunday and you're all excited to listen to the newest episode of A Couple of Creeps, I kind of get <laughs> you down. a little bit of a downer, yeah. Little... But I do think it's an interesting cross-section between the paranormal and then how that, you know, I guess the belief and the, the way that you handle the paranormal can have real-life consequences. consequences and dangers of, mm-hmm. you know, at a certain point it's okay to have those beliefs yeah. until they harm somebody, yeah. right? You know? Um, and, and so, you know, unfortunately that's not, it's not like that's the only time it's ever happened. Yeah. And it's not like it stopped in the seventies. Yeah. You know I mean? It, there's, it's happened in this decade yeah. or I guess not this decade, but within the last decade where I, I remember in the U S here, a couple that got, uh, sentenced to prison because they tried to cure their daughter's sickness with prayer Yeah. and it, she, she died. I remember that. I remember it was all over the news and it's like, well. She would have survived had she seen medical attention. Yeah. Right. You you folks killed her. You yeah. watched her die and went, well, it's Because it's one of those things plan. where, you know, it could be something as easy as a common cold or right. a sinus pneumonia, infection. Yeah, it turns yeah. into pneumonia or some something sort of severe infection. Easily treatable if you just go to the doctor's office. Right. But, so, yeah. happy Sunday. <laughs> the Lord's Day. <laughs> Forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. Yeah. Happy Sunday. Um, if you have any recommendations, you want to talk to me about anything. Feedback. Feedback. You know, you can always reach me at my email at the letter A, couple O creeps at gmail.com. I've got an Instagram and a Facebook page. Please like and follow. And again, I apologize. <laughs> I was a little bit of a Debbie Downer this week. Well, we should be. 
back <laughs> up and we're running. Back and spry next week. Spry next week. Not quite as depressing. <laughs> but with that being said, Colin, do you have anything else you want to add? I don't think so. Oh, other than uh, Chris was on last week, right? And we kind of plugged our 52nd episode of the, the yeah. Simply Well podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. This coming week will be our true actual one year, one year anniversary. Yeah. Because last year, our first episode was about the Batman, and we got the notification today that a year ago yeah. yesterday, right? Yeah. We that we were some... watching the Batman, so. You're welcome for tagging you and That's everything. Right. <laughs> so we are a year from our adventure starting, and so this Wednesday will be our true one-year anniversary yeah. uh, of the Simply One podcast. So. And I'm chugging along on baby number 17. That's right. I'm still a teenager. I'm still That's learning, right. you know? Yeah, you're in the double digits. I'm in the double digits now. One more and I'll be an adult. Oh, oh I really have shit. To figure It'll be, shit this out. podcast will be able to vote in the United States. That's a lot of pressure right there. <laughs> and in Germany, you'd be allowed to drink. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend in high school who uh, joined the Marines when he graduated. And after basic training, he got stationed in Italy. Yeah. And he sent us all pictures of him drinking. <laughs> you know, we're all on our co- college campuses and our dorms. And sneaking he, booze and he's over there just having one with lunch having one one with lunch with his friends you know hope you guys are enjoying class i'm over in italy <laughs> but i hope you guys have a great week and i will see you again next sunday and as always stay creepy my friends <laughs>